This is Theology Refresh, and our topic is generosity. I'm honored to be joined here by Kent Hughes, who's pastor emeritus from College Church. He pastored there 27 years. It's been another 15 or years or so in ministry, so over 40 years in Christian ministry. And we get to avail ourselves here on the topic of generosity from Pastor Hughes. Uh, Kent, as we orient on generosity, you've got your Bible open. You have some I do. text I do. to take us to. As Please do that. Fact, well, you're asking me about generosity, and my uh, mind goes automatically to Zacchaeus. Mm. And uh, if you remember, and you know the story, we all know the story. Zacchaeus was a little, wee little man, a wee little man was he. But uh, he was really... Uh, the kingpin of the Jericho tax cartel. And, you know, he extorted everybody because he had the tax franchise there and paid it to the Romans. And so he was a, a filthy, rich little man in, in the fullest sense of the word. Uh, the story goes, you know, Christ encounters them, and then he, then he goes and invites Christ to his house, and he spends the night, Christ spends the night with him. And when he comes out, of being with Christ, he says uh, to this, he says, look, Lord, I give all my goods to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone, I'll pay him back four times. Well, he had. So basically, and he's talking about his goods, his fortune. When he met Christ, he gave away everything. Now, the fascinating thing is, is in the context of uh, Luke, where you've got this in Luke 19, Luke 18, 25 Jesus encounters a different rich man uh, who uh, was a good man. And when Jesus asked him, uh, challenged him about his goods, he went away sorrowing. And Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle and for a rich man to get in the kingdom of heaven. In the context, what happened is this filthy, rich little man, Zacchaeus, went through the eye of a needle and he lived to tell it. And the indication of him having met Christ is that it loosed his hold on his material possessions. In one sense, he went in the, the littlest man in town and came out the biggest man in the whole town. And what's fascinating is, is that if you look at the Lucan theology that has to do with money, uh, virtually all of it is dominical. It comes from the lips of Christ. So when Christ begins his ministry in Luke 4, he goes back to Isaiah 61.1, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord's upon him, and he's going to preach the good news to the poor. Very interesting. Well, the reason he would say that is because people that don't have a lot of material goods naturally have a poverty in spirit or respond to him. Fits the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So I think it's very consistent there. Also in Luke, as you go through looking at the Lucan theology, you get to uh, chapter 6. And in chapter 6, he, it, it's the Sermon on the Plain, not the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, woe to you who are rich. Why? because they depend upon their riches and don't have that poverty of spirit that he talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. So it's very consistent. And uh, then you come along to Luke, the 12th chapter, and it is the parable of the rich man. 
you know, he says his barns are full and his souls to be content. And uh, in, in the 12th chapter, he says, you fool. This night your riches are going to be required of you. You know, the folly of, of, uh, of storing up riches. I heard a haiku uh, some years ago that's just beautiful. It goes along with that, which is, uh, my barn burned down last night. Now I can see the moon. And uh, so you see this, this theology developing. And then you get to the 16th chapter of Luke. And he gives the axiom. He doesn't state it as just a suggestion. He says, you cannot love God and money. Very interesting. Then you go to Luke 18, 25, and it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. In fact, he says, it's impossible for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. There has to be a miracle take place. Miracle takes place in the saving of this impossibly filthy, lost, filthy, rich little man who goes through the eye of a needle. And so he, he gives away his fortune. And I think, I think what you see there is that generosity is a sign of a regenerate soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was preaching to my congregation some years ago, and I was actually in the 8th chapter of uh, 2 Corinthians, which is that, that great chapter on giving, I said, there is no such thing as a Christian Scrooge. Now, we may know some Scrooges that we think are Christians, but I don't think you can claim to really know Christ and be a stingy person because it opens your soul. And so uh, we're not talking about tithing here. I mean, it's really got nothing to do with tithing. You know, high heaven rejects the lore of neatly calculated less and more. I mean, you can be a stingy person and tithe 10% because you're just doing it. But, but generosity is one of the signs of being regenerate. And I think that's really what's going on in 2 Corinthians 8. Right in the middle of that, it's this fascinating chapter as he's dealing with the church that has been um, criticizing his apostolate. I mean, that's what he's doing. He's defending his, his ministry. But there... He kind of goes after them, and he uses the Macedonians who, out of their great poverty, which is uh, literally down to the depth poverty, it's the same word that we get bathysphere out of. I mean, they are dirt poor. And the Macedonian churches have to be either Philippi or Thessalonica, probably Philippi, who are under that tremendous uh, uh, little polis uh, Roman oppression. Uh, They've been reduced to poverty. And he says, out of their poverty, it overflowed in liberality. They were regenerate people. And they were generous. And so I think that's what he does with the the Corinthians. Basically, he's saying, if you're really regenerate people, you're going to be generous. And so uh, I think one of the great things that is an an indication uh, of truly being a Christian is being generous. And uh, generosity, yeah, you can put it just in what you've got in your savings account. 
But with Zacchaeus was he gave his goods. And so I believe that regenerate people are generous. Generous with their time, generous with their car, generous with their home, generous with their food, generous with their giving. And uh, it, is, it is just a, I think, uh, an overlooked aspect of what the grace of Christ does. And he says there in 2 Corinthians, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. So if Christ is in us, then that same tendency to give ought to be redolent in our hearts. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I think about that. That's really helpful. So there's generosity is not merely a money issue. Right. Time and goods. Yeah. And there's a profound connection between the regenerate heart and the right. opening of those hands. Right. How, how do you help the Christian who feels regenerate, mm -hmm. <laughs> believes they're regenerate, and mm -hmm. is, is seeing all of us to a certain extent, mm -hmm. uh, our own Scroogeness, uh, our own inability to be generous about certain things. How do we war against that? Where's the battle in the Christian life? Well, uh, I, I think a couple of things. Uh, do you, do you, re you remember, I think it's Mark 14, where you have uh, uh, the woman who uh, takes the vial of, of uh, nard, ointment, which is worth a year's wages. So whatever our wages are this year is be what it's worth if it's $50,000 or sixty or $70,000. And she breaks the neck of it and pours it on Jesus and anoints him. And then the disciples get after him and they're talking about material stuff. You know, Judas, I think, probably was behind the whole thing. He had the, the money bag and, uh, and he says, you know, he basically tells those guys to quit grumbling and get off of her because she has done a beautiful thing for me. I think that's the kind of giving that pleases God. And if you take the Old Testament tithes and you add them all up with the festival tithe and the mandatory tithes, everything else comes to about 23% mm. that people did, that they gave. And, uh, and so I, I think that, uh, that what we want to see is that, yeah, 10% is good, I mean, that's a nice thing, but that's not the point. The point is to be generous. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, if you've got a big portfolio today and you're, you've got $8 million invested, you're making $800,000 a year. And if you tie 10% on that 800000 so what is that? Mm -hmm. It's not an ounce of generosity in the whole thing. Um, my own feeling is this, is that... Uh, People ought to give in such a way that, that there are things that they will forego in order to be generous. Hmm. That vacation in Florida, mm -hmm. that new car. Uh, so I, I, I just see Christianity is, is encompassing all of our life. And uh, so that's how I see it. There's a beauty in echoing the gospel. We have been shown that grace right. because the rich one self-sacrificed and made himself poor for us. That's, that's exactly it. And if Christ dwells in us, then that, that open-handed um, tendency 
will be with us. It's a sign of the gospel. What advice would you have for the leaders listening to this podcast in an approach? How to how to go about mm-hmm. bringing a theology of generosity to your people over weeks, months, years? Well, well, the obvious thing is to be generous yourself. I mean, you can't ask someone to have a quality that you don't possess. So I think it's to take a good look at your life and say, am I truly a generous person? Um, and that is, that is, that is a, a deep, penetrating question to ask. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing, because I think that uh, you can't ask them to embody a quality that you don't embody. So look at it and, and step out and be generous. And, uh, and to really do reflect, they, they, there's a very legalistic way to look at this, which is uh, where, the way a lot of people look at it is that I give 10%. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't see that as a sign of grace. In fact, it could be very legalistic. So to, to um, model it yourself so that people see it. I mean, generosity is, uh, uh, you know, you'll run across a, ge- a generous soul sometime and you'll admire a book they're reading and they'll go, here, mm. you know. It's that kind of thing. That's good. Would you uh, close us in prayer for those pastors listening to us? I would. I will. Our Father, uh, Grace is astonishing. And uh, when you see it from uh, Lucan theology and, uh, and Pauline theology, when you see how those things conflate together and realize that uh, Luke is the biographer of Paul, that they saw things exactly the same. And of course, the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke are all dominical, that it is straight from the Lord. In fact, uh, the one quotation, the two quotations, one of the two quotations of the book of Acts is, uh, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We pray that the words of Jesus would penetrate our hearts, that you'd liberate us and allow grace to flow through all of our life. For the gospel then will go forth. In Jesus' name, amen.